From the 1011 Now streaming studio in Lincoln, Nebraska, this is the end report. Hi, everyone. Bill Rentschler in the 1011 Now streaming studio, joined alongside, as always, by sports director Kevin Suits. Kevin, the last time we spoke was directly following Nebraska's huge win over Purdue a couple weeks ago, and they then proceeded to immediately lose their next two games. So I hope we're not going to, again, throw off their mojo because they had another great win last night, taking down Ohio State at home. And Rink Mast, as you said last night, was the master of ceremonies. Yeah, you, you see the common thread here. Win at home, lose on the road. That's, That's kind of life in the Big Ten. Uh, it's not just a Nebraska thing. It's across the league. But, man, fans that were at Pinnacle Bank Arena, uh, the last two home games certainly have had a lot of fun. Of course, the court storming that followed the Purdue win. And then uh, last night, did you know that the security personnel inside Pinnacle Bank Arena was prepared for a possible court storming last night. Against Ohio State? They're yes. not even ranked. They were ready. They had a couple of those uh, you know, guardrails yeah. thing, and the people were in position. I was kind of around there, and they were buzzing about a little bit, and it sounded like the students had maybe considered it. And when I first heard that, I go, no. Well, especially after Nebraska the Nebraska had more wins than Ohio State. It's an unranked team. Well, and after the Caitlin Clark incident where she – and a student ran into each other on the court. And, you know, obviously Caitlin Clark is a mega superstar uh, in just basketball in general. Thankfully, I don't think she was hurt. But, again, it's something that Matt Painter, after Nebraska's win over Purdue, kind of had a bone to pick with. We don't need to make story. this a commentary on court stormings. I no. actually did that on the radio earlier today. <laughs> um, so I don't want to regurgitate my thoughts on it all over again. But um, I, I don't think you stormed the court against an unranked team. No, you did not. That you win, that you beat at home. Uh, if anything, you uh, can we call it like a mast storming? Yeah. Like a circle of mast? You yes. Just, uh, huddle around the player that scores 34 points on 13 of 17 shooting, six three-pointers. Six and of this eight. this isn't like a 6-2 guard who can fill it uh -huh. up. This isn't Kasey getting six threes. No. This is one of the most unlikely of three-point shooters on the team. Rink Mast was in Your a center. zone last night. Your center. Drops 18 just from behind the arc. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but he had some moves, some step to the side, jump back with some arc on that shot. Yeah, he, he said the first one when he hit it, he even kind of surprised himself. And <laughs> as the kids say, he got on a heater. Yes, very much so. And he had kind of struggled the last couple games. He had knee surgery. And so, you know, maybe it wasn't all the way back. But now, definitely after this performance, again, it was impressive. So Nebraska right now sits 15-5 and five overall. They are 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. If I were to tell you before the season that the Huskers would be uh, in fifth place in the conference and they would have 15 wins at the 20-game mark, you would take it. Mm -hmm. um, and after last night's win, Nebraska makes a nice jump up in the uh, Ken Palm and the net rankings. I believe they're 45, 47-ish in both of those mm -hmm. in the mid-40s. Uh, and that's a good spot to be. So the NCAA tournament continues to be a very strong possibility for this Nebraska men's basketball team. And uh, I, they do have a challenging stretch ahead, not just by the opponents that are ahead, but on the location of the games. Six road games out of the final 11 games. Three of the next four are on the road, mm -hmm. and that's been the bugaboo for this team right now is winning away from Lincoln. They will have some opportunities here. The road games, the three of the four in the stretch, are Maryland, Illinois, and Northwestern. Your one home game in that stretch is Wisconsin, who currently leads the conference. So 
I won't say this is a defining stretch for this season. And frankly, if Nebraska goes, let's say, one in three, there is no reason to panic. I won't say what the one might be. If you could win one on the road, that'd be fantastic um, because maybe it would shed that demon Mm. of this season. But winning at home against Wisconsin is going to be very challenging next week. If Nebraska goes one and three, you're still fine. You're at 16 wins, and the schedule does lighten a little bit on the back end, despite having a few road games in there. And that's three out of the next four would be deemed quad one wins with the way. All four. All four? I had Maryland ranked 99. Okay, so they, they would not be. They would not be. But still, that's but a Q2. Illinois and Wisconsin are two of the best teams in the conference. Yes, they are. And uh, those are going to be. There's going to be so that's going to be big boy basketball both mm-hmm. those games. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at bracket matrix, which again kind of tracks everything and and, and and all that stuff, has like 78 different brackets. The Huskers are listed in 76 of those 78 brackets and generally come in uh, around a 10 seed. Which, really? Yeah. Which I would like to get off the eight nine line uh, if we could possibly do that. So if you again you do okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you here. <laughs> Would you like the team to be in the tournament? I would. Okay, so let's not get too worked up about where they're seated. How about just entering the tournament for the first time under Fred Hoiberg? And I said following the newscast last night when Ken Schimmick and I and a few other staff members were just talking about the basketball team and the win against Ohio State. Man, what a fun season this has been for basketball fans. Mm -hmm. Not only 15 wins, but the nature of those wins and just the storylines embedded throughout the season. The fact that there was a court storming and a victory over the number one team in the country. There have been some amazing case moments, right? Mm-hmm. Danny Knee comes back home and is saluted during uh, a very highly attended alumni weekend. You have the rink mast game now, 34. Uh, there have been some pieces that have gone in and out of the lineup. You mentioned rink mast and his minor procedure mm-hmm. midway through the season. Jawan Gary didn't start in the lineup at the beginning of the season. Now he's injured. Thankfully, he's okay. But even following that, knowing that there was an injury, but he's going to come back. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the court this weekend at Maryland. Sounds like he was pretty close to playing on Tuesday. So if you're just kind of riding this season as a fan, it's been pretty great. And a fan favorite. And, again, you you just did a a piece on him, Sam Hoiberg again who went from this player last year at the beginning of the year, you know, he's Fred's son, you know, he's, you know, plays good defense and he hustles to all of a sudden getting thrusted into the, into the rotation with injuries last year. And now this year you could tell watching that game last night, as soon as he got in that defense, that hustle, that was a spark for that team. You know, I said it in the, in the story that Sam Hoiberg has gone from a feel good story to a very reliable piece of Nebraska's rotation. And it's not like he's getting put in there and everybody's standing up because, you know, the coach's son's coming in the game. No, like when he comes in, he brings energy and his defense has really improved. Mm -hmm. And Sam even said earlier this week that the pride that he is now taking in his defense and the confidence he has in it. So last year when he got on the court, he's not guarding Boo Booey. He was guarding a guy that was not as much of a scoring threat. Mm -hmm. But now he's taking – like he wants to guard a player like Boo Booey. Mm -hmm. And we saw it again last night with those big, long athletic guards that Ohio State has. So uh, Sam Hoiberg, that is another piece of this Nebraska basketball puzzle that's been a lot of fun to follow. Not to mention C.J. Wilcher. 
I was going to bring him up next. He is probably shooting the ball better than anybody else on the team. He's been consistently in double digits over the last six weeks, and he's not a starter. He's coming off the bench, and he is shooting lights out. I believe in this stretch he's shooting somewhere around 45% from beyond the arc. Pretty good. And they, I think they ran an inbound, the same inbound play about three times in a row to get him that corner shot, mm-hmm. and he hit it the two times that they could get it to him. And most of the time, it is it just appeared nothing but net. And that's something that's been pretty fun about this team, and Fred Hoiberg has mentioned this several times, is that offensively, you know Nebraska is averaging nearly 80 points per game. This is their most successful offensive season in about a decade. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one guy who is scoring in all the points. And you think back to Teddy Allen, who carried mm-hmm. the scoring load for Nebraska, mm-hmm. or even um, you know Glenn Watson did for a while there for the Huskers, Tarrant Petaway. You don't know who's going to be the leading scorer every single game. Josiah Alec did it over the weekend. Against Northwestern. C.J. Wilcher's been that guy. Casey Tomonaga. Last night, rink mast, Bryce Williams. So they have a lot of uh, offensive weapons, and uh, it brings some intrigue every time you go to Pinnacle Bank Arena because you don't know what the team is going to look like offensively. I have to presume from Fred Hoiberg's perspective, that's a lot of fun because when you're drawing up plays, you're not just singularly trying to get a player open. You can design plays for multiple guys. And you think back to the Rutgers game which might send a shiver up your spine. I get that. But those late-game scenarios, it's not like you just had to get the ball into one guy's hands. Yeah. You had options. Yeah. You have C.J. Wilcher, who's shooting 44% for the year from three. Uh, Sam Hoiberg doesn't take a lot of shots from behind the arc, but he's shooting 41%. And then Bryce Williams, 38%. Kaysay Tomanaga is 38%. Rank Mast, 35%. Even Josiah Alec shooting 33% from behind. So not only are they shooting the ball well, Bill, another reason they're averaging nearly 80 points per game, they get to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're not a cowardly offense. They mm-hmm. will take the ball to the hole, and they're shooting free throws pretty well this season mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they rank inside the top 25 nationally in free throw attempts per game. 76% team free throw percentage. So they're shooting all right from the line, but they're getting the volume of shots from the charity stripe is much higher than it has been over the past several years. It's been an interesting, uh, again, contrast. I grew up, again, my Husker fandom kind of started, again, back kind of Doc Sadler era. And, you know, you, those were a lot of hold the ball, we're going to play defense type of offenses where you'd have some games where it was in the 40s to 50s or whatever it might be. And, and now it's like... Like last night, they scored, what, 86? Amazingly, when you said Doc Sadler basketball, I just had the like this Rolodex of Nebraska basketball players come rolling through my brain of who do I associate with, with Doc Sadler basketball. Alec Randomly, Marge. you know, for the basketball fans that are listening that have followed this program for years, Steve Harley was like the first name that came through. <laughs> An amazing point guard who had fantastic dreadlocks. Uh, Steve Harley, Cookie Miller, Ade Doganduro, Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. My first Husker I remember is Cookie Belcher. That's that was pre-set. That was pre-set. Barry, Barry Collier. Yeah. Era. Yeah. That was that was that was a while ago. So again, you're a top twenty-five voter, AP. Again, Huskers are not in the top 25. I'd probably say they're not in the top 30. Would you say they're 30 to 35, 35 to 40? 
Well, Andy Katz lists Nebraska. He does a 36. Yeah. And he's consistently had Nebraska in his 36 over the past month or so. Yeah. Um, and Nebraska's on that fringe. And, you know, when you look at the others receiving votes in the AP poll, it doesn't necessarily represent – I mean, if I put Nebraska at 25, they get one. And, and But is there much difference between Nebraska and – let's just – I don't want to use Grand Canyon because Grand Canyon's actually pretty good. Um, but some of these teams yeah. that are in a, a group of five or a lower conference, you know, I, I think Nebraska is a better team. Would you say there's probably not much difference between a team that's ranked 20th versus 30th at this point? They're just all kind of bunched up there at that point? If you look at the top 25 and you track it over the past month, there have been a number of teams that have continued to rotate in and out of the top 25. Example, Texas. Texas fell out of the top 25 a couple of weeks ago. Then this past, well, last night, they go on the road. They beat Oklahoma. They looked awesome. Max Asmus looked like an All-American. And so all of a sudden you think Texas might enter back into the top 25, or at least they look like uh, a ranked team last night. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's probably 20 teams. If you go 20 to 40, if you were to list them all out, they're fairly interchangeable. Um, and I would group Nebraska in that. If the Huskers could start winning a game or two on the road, they are firmly cemented in that group. And going back to your comment about the seeding for the NCAA tournament, if they are in that group, then I think you are like 8-9 territory mm-hmm. for the NCAA tournament. I think we had said last time we talked 20 was the, was the number that they need to hit for the wins. Was that right? Do you remember? I, I don't know. Generally speaking, college basketball fans seem to say the rule of thumb, get to 20, get in the tournament. Mm. As Nebraska fans learned in 2018, that's not the case. Nebraska had 22 wins, but their schedule was so soft, they only had one quad one and quad two wins. And it really went against them when it came to Selection Sunday. This team, Nebraska, already has three, three quad one wins this year. I believe three quad two wins. And that's where I think if Nebraska, if you look at the next four, and I hate to just keep being microscopic on the next two weeks, Maryland, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, you know, there are three quad one mm-hmm. possibilities in there. And it's going to do wonders for the resume. And that's where I think you start to lean forward more toward that, then you, then you can get by with 20 wins. Yeah. But there's a lot of basketball left. To there play. is. I think 11 there's games. 30, there's 33 regular season games, perhaps. 31 regular season games. Mm-hmm. So, Nebraska can still stockpile some wins. They've got Michigan on the schedule twice ahead. They do. And Michigan is, is not good. No. Yeah, so it's against at Maryland, Wisconsin at home, at Illinois, at Northwestern. So, you've already, again, you've already beat Northwestern. Uh, one time, then oh, you're pause. I'm pause. Oh, that's Northwestern at home. It is. That's, Playing that's Northwestern different. and Evanston is completely different, and that's what we're finding out with the Big Ten and college basketball in general. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to win on the road. Look at Kentucky. Saturday looked awesome at Rupp Arena. Looked mm-hmm. great, and they had. Uh, Ibisvich, their 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 new player, eligible for the first time, and he hits three straight threes. Place is going nuts. They look like a team that would maybe reach the elite eight. They lost last night at South Carolina, not because they're a bad team, but they're on the road. It's tough. 
Is- I, I, I've got to talk to Fred about this. Like, what is it about this year that has given such a distinct advantage to the home teams? And I want more than just, well, they're playing in front of their home crowd and they get to sleep in their own beds. I mean, the, there, there might be something else to it. The rims are the same height, the same size from home and away. So, well, yeah, that would be a good question for Fred. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then, yeah, like you said, you have Michigan twice. And again, they're not great. You have Penn State at home. They're 121st in the net. So, I mean, they're not having a great season. You play at Indiana, who you've already beat once. So it's far on the road, year. though, Bill. On the road. Then you get Minnesota again at home, trying to get a little revenge there, and then Ohio State and Columbus and Rutgers at home, and finish the year at Michigan. Well, I think beating beating Rutgers at home that that should happen. Yeah, yeah. Beating Minnesota at home that should happen. That should happen. So again, there there are wins on the horizon. You would you would assume with what we've seen out of this team, and I did get into a little bit of an online back and forth last night comparing 2018 and 2024 Nebraska basketball. And um, part of the reason the debate comes to life is because of this, what's the magic win number? Mm -hmm. And I just think beyond the resume, beyond the numbers, this team just has a different DNA. It's more appealing to a committee member, in my opinion, just based on uh, the age of Nebraska, the style of play of Nebraska. And it's a team that I believe could give somebody real fits in the NCAA tournament. It's a team that when you turn them on TV, not only are you going to be a little bit intrigued because Casey, if you're not familiar with Casey, he's going to catch your eye and you're going to see some of the shenanigans. You're going to be like, why aren't they teeing this guy up? <laughs> that, that might be it. <laughs> uh, but th- there's just a lot. There's a lot of meat on the bone with this team. And if you if you give them a game to watch him, you'll, you'll recognize, like, it's a ball club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was weird last night seeing Jameson battle in an Ohio State uniform after he gave Nebraska such fits over the last couple of years in Minnesota. Yeah, you know he's from Minneapolis originally. Yeah. So he left Minnesota and left his home state um, to go play at Ohio State. I think that's a peculiar destination. I'll be honest, I'm not totally familiar with the Jameson battle transfer story and why that happened, but yes, I agree with you that – that's one of those guys that when you see him on the court, you're like, whoa. Shouldn't he be wearing right. the gold and the maroon? Absolutely. But, but, yeah, it was it was weird. I also wanted to point out, again, just to, again, throw kudos to the, the win over Purdue. Since that loss for Purdue, they've played some really good basketball. And Zach Eady, who, again, for all in, intents and purposes, Nebraska kind of handled, has uh, he's been on a little bit of a heater himself. I really don't like the phrase since that loss, Bill, for Purdue. And here's why. Purdue's been really good 17 games this year. Yeah. It's just they've had two games where they were on the road and they didn't play to the level of their capability. Mm -hmm. But having watched them, you know, even before Purdue came to Nebraska, like that's still the – they beat Illinois on their home floor on a Friday night. That's still the same Purdue team that we're seeing right now. So it's not like they had a little downturn and then they kicked it back. No, they've just been really good, like national championship level good. One of their off nights just happened to come right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They, again, had, uh, Penn State beat them 95-78, Indiana 87-66, Iowa, which, again, we know what Iowa just did to Nebraska not long ago, 84-70, and they just beat Michigan 99-67. to 
have you watched some of these highlights of Zach Eady recently where it like him dunking the basketball in a crowd, like I I think his head's going over the rim now. Oh yeah. As someone who on a good day is five foot six, I look at that and I just I can't even have you seen? What do you mean on? What do you mean on a good day? It's if I'm wearing my big shoes. I was gonna say like this. Do you have po- good posture on good days? And I, you slouch yeah, on bad yeah, days. Yeah, that's, okay. that's, that's more what it is. The kids, they 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 they, they, <laughs> they, they bring me down a little bit. Uh, but on, on the, it's like on TikTok. They'll put like the phone up at like what six foot sixes, and then you film downward, and like that's what I look like from a six foot six. I can only imagine what I mean because what he's seven three seven, seven four. four. I would look like an ant. Yep. We would both look like ants. Mm-hmm. So, um, also want to touch on, again, obviously the women's team having a, a great season as well. Uh, Amy Williams got the squad at 13 and 6, 5 and 3 in conference. They did lose their last game. I believe that was against, was it Indiana? No, Penn State. But they have the, uh, on the road against the Hawkeyes on Saturday. Yeah, they get a little taste of Caitlin Clark. And on the topic of the women's basketball team and Iowa, because their first meeting is coming up this week, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend in Iowa City, Nebraska will host Iowa at Pinnacle Bank Arena on Super Bowl Sunday. And learned uh, just today that Ooh. that game has been officially sold out. And it's on Fox. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the big Fox network. Correct. That's pretty cool. Too. Fox Aaron Caitlin Clark. That's this. This that's is nothing not, new. It's happened not several times this year. But yeah, um, and they I might get a little Gus Gus Johnson treatment, perhaps. Hey, I would take that. Uh, and so the women are ranked fourth right now in the Big Ten. Both men and women, maybe a first round bye in the Big Ten tournament. Potentially, I, I I would say this too. As of right now, you you may have four. Division One basketball teams make the NCAA tournament. Creighton men, Creighton women, Nebraska men, Nebraska women. And don't rule out UNL possibly getting one of their men's or women's teams in the tournament. Has that ever happened? I, I don't know. I, it's a great trivia question right there. You're going to have to put that one to maybe, who is it, Seamus? The SID there? Seamus and Rob Anderson, the two sports information yeah. directors at Nebraska and Creighton. Rot, rot, like. You talk about two brilliant minds and two like <laughs> historians, statisticians. Uh, as good as Seamus is, Rob is just as good at Creighton, and they some of the some of the factoids that they pump out. It's it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. In fact, Seamus last night even had uh, a note about rank mast and the shooting percentage and the thirty four points with double digit rebounds. I think he's just one of two or three in Division One this year. Zach Eady being one of the others. Um, it's like. And he had that out there to all the media members within like an hour after the conclusion of that game. I, I don't even. I wouldn't even know where to look. They help us sound really smart <laughs> on the news, and they help those, you know, uh, online write-ups in the newspaper. Have all the interesting the tidbits, yep. all the coffee, uh, water cooler talk. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so there's a little bit about the women. Um, yeah. You know, they, they've got a couple of meetings with Iowa coming up. You know, of course. Uh, I was kind of the rock stars of women's basketball, and mm-hmm. uh, let's see what Amy Williams' team can do here in the stretch coming up. Yeah, at Iowa on Saturday. The next week, they're home both Wednesday and Saturday against Purdue and Rutgers, uh, on the road against Michigan on February 6th, and then, like you mentioned, at home on Super Bowl Sunday, a noon tip-off against Iowa. I also wanted to mention real quick, because I think I saw it. I didn't look into it. I may be misrepresenting here. Did I see that? 
was it the men and women's track indoor indoor track and field teams are both ranked yep. in the top 25 now that is correct so there you go so if you want to go check out they're in a stretch of having a lot of home meets you know they've been home the last couple of weekends and mm -hmm. uh, i believe they have another one this weekend um they have the graduate invite and they have the mark culligan invite um, which pays tribute to the late uh, assistant coach at the university of nebraska so uh the track and field team doing big things early on they have a couple of individuals who have already earned conference uh, individual honors this year and um I think one of their, the one of the women's high jumpers, Jenna Rogers, mm -hmm. ranks among the top five heights in the nation so far in indoor high jumps. So pretty good stuff right there. And the Nebraska men's gymnastics team, if we're going to just start throwing out all the good things <laughs> happening over uh, on campus, the Nebraska men's gymnastics team, I believe, is ranked third nationally right now. The women's gymnastics team, 22nd. Uh, the wrestling team, you know, I love Mark Manning's team, and they are so fun to watch. Uh, they're in the top ten, just beat – Minnesota um, on Friday in a thrilling duel, which came down to the final bout, and then they won at home on Sunday. I believe they are home again, um, perhaps this Sunday. Let's check. And, and while you're looking that up, Bill, you know, Nash Hupmaker has gotten so much of the um, headlines with the Nebraska wrestling team. Mm -hmm. So their duel against Minnesota this past Friday, Nash was not in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Instead, it was Harley Andrews, a freshman who – you know, that was his spot until Nash joined the team and made weight. Put yourself in Harley Andrews' shoes. Like, that's maybe a tough reality to deal with. And then that's what made Saturday or Friday night so cool it is a back-and-forth, highly competitive duel. Nebraska lost. Uh, Peyton Robb suffered one of his few losses of the season. Ridge Lovett wins, goes back and forth, comes down to the heavyweight bout. And it's not Nash. It's Harley Andrews, his time. The team's final result is going to hinge on how he does. And he was wrestling a rated opponent from Minnesota who was 14-3 and three on the year. He won in the third period with 15 seconds to go. He got the winning points. That's awesome. That is. And Love so as much it. as everybody likes to talk about Nash, I want to talk about Harley Andrews and how he single-handedly won a road duel for Mark Manning's team and to just stay mentally tough through all of this season at the heavyweight spot for Nebraska, that's the good stuff for Harley Andrews. No, those are the good stories. I know everybody wants to see Nash, but right now, I want to see Nash and Harley. Yeah, let's see Can't them both. have it both ways. Um, but I'm going to be okay if I go to the next home duel and Nash is not in the lineup because I get to watch Harley Andrews. They're actually on the road Friday and Sunday at Northwestern at Wisconsin. They're back at home Sunday, February 4th that's against Illinois. Illinois. Yep. So, uh, also, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, Lions. Who do you got going to the Super Bowl? Who do I want or who do I predict? Who, who do you want? I want the Lions, as does most of America. Yes. Just because Dan Campbell is a dude. Yeah, he is. Um, I want the Lions. I wouldn't mind seeing the Ravens in the Super Bowl. 10-11 broadcasts the Super Bowl this year, so of course Chiefs would be great for our viewership. It would. Interest in the game and all of the stories that we can do leading up to it. Um, you know, I know we're in Chiefs country right here. That is not my favorite NFL team. Um, I say my favorite NFL team with shame, the Chicago Bears. Um, so don't, don't throw daggers at me. I know I'm in Chiefs country, but it's not out of line to say I'd like to see a little bit of new blood in the, in the Super Bowl. No, that's fair. 
right? That's fair. I. It's not like I dislike the Chiefs. I like football. I don't, and I love the Super Bowl. And I don't dislike. I agree with you. I don't dislike the Chiefs, but I think Lamar Jackson is just having one of those seasons, especially after you know all the off-season stuff of no one wanted to offer him a contract and some of the things that went that he went through. I mean, I think he's probably going to win the MVP, uh, especially if they win against the Chiefs. But I just think the Ravens are. It's going to be the year of Harbaugh, Jim and John. Oh boy! I so I think about that. it's going to be the Ravens and the 49ers, and then I give the edge there to the Ravens. You think Ravens 49ers? I think so. Okay. But I also forecast the weather, which I get wrong according to everyone, fifty <laughs> percent of the time. So don't take my word. For I want it, good. For any I want good. I, I, this is just like the classic Kevin statement. I just want a good game. Yes. I turn on a lot of sporting events, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever. I usually just want to watch a really good game. Good game and good commercials. I don't flip very well. I don't go mm -hmm. click, 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 click like some people do. I, I like to just have a game that I can catch Sit in the watch. fourth quarter, and it's a one-point game with 10 minutes to go. That's my game. I lock in, and I, I love that. That's like my slice of heaven right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. And then – so the end of the Bills-Chiefs game was fantastic. It was. Oh, man, I can't believe he missed it. But at least all the fans now are supporting Tyler Bass. I think they're donating money to some charity. And so they're not Bill Bucknering him. No, they're not. They're not. And then an hour after the Super Bowl ends, hour-ish, you can watch Kevin Suits, Cole Miller, Madison Pitch, and Ken Shimmick deliver a stellar newscast. So you have that to look forward to. That is, that is true. All right. Anything else, Kevin? All right. Well, Dylan Raiola was sitting next to John Cook oh and Jalen Reyes at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That that kid is everywhere. He is everywhere. We guess we didn't even really talk about. We're football, we're okay. You know? I, I think that there's there's a saturation of Dylan Raiola. There is pictures, videos. There is web articles. There he is. is he is everywhere. I will just ask you: Do we have a date for uh, when spring football starts? We when don't have practice? a date for when spring football starts. But we do have a date for the spring game. I don't know it off the top of my head. It is later than normal, so you can assume spring practice will start later than normal. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it starts after spring break. I know Matt Rule is not a fan of starting spring, having the kids go away for break, and then coming back yeah. and resuming the spring season. That always seems like it'd be tough. All right, well, we'll have that to look forward to, obviously, here in the next couple of weeks. Kevin, appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Again, as always, you can uh, watch on YouTube, watch on 1011now.com, listen on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Till next time, folks, hope everyone has a nice Wednesday. You've been listening to the End Report Husker Show from 1011. Watch, listen, and stream on the 1011 Now app on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch the End Report on 1011 Sports at 6 and 10 p.m. and download the 1011 Now app.